This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Hey, everybody. It's Ophira Eisenberg here, and this is Ask Me Another. So this week, I am joining you from my home. And I find myself really missing doing the show. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to call up Jonathan Colton and see how he's doing. So, okay, just give me a second. Oh, hey, Ophira. How, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. How are you doing? Yeah, same. Okay. I'm yeah. a little, little stir-crazy, to be honest. So, you know what? I have an idea. Do you want to do a show? Like an Ask Me Another show? A regular Yeah, that's... Yeah, no, a different show. Do you have a different show in mind? I'm up for that too. <laughs> no, no, that seems like too much work. Let's do the okay. let's do the show that we always do. Can we start it the way we usually start it? With the whole, I mean, there's no audience, but you still want me to do the the song and the from yeah. NPR and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. You know, I have to confess that show. I don't. When we when we do the show, as you know, I don't actually play that live. I, it's, it's a recorded thing. I'm not entirely sure that I can I can sing and play at the same time. Um, so this might be a Face plant, but we'll see. Okay, I'm, I'm up for it. Okay, here we go. Whatever you got. Okay. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and social distancing. See, that's where I get, that's the hard part. I get stuck there. Well, you, well, you also changed the words. I mean, you made it even extra harder on yourself. That's, that's sort of my M.O., <laughs> Okay. Um hmm. Do you want to try it again? Yeah, let me let me give it let me give it one more shot. <clears throat> from NPR and WNYC coming to you from well, inside our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and social distancing. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. I'm at least six feet away from your host, Ophira Eisenberg. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jonathan. Uh, I feel better. Me too. Feels comforting to say those words, even though there's nobody nobody clapping while I do it. Uh, so what's been going on over there? How are you dealing with the self-isolation? You know, I work from home a lot of the time anyway, so it's not that different for me. The The main thing that's different is that everybody else in my house is home all the time also. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding out the limits of my ability to be with other people. To, <laughs> I find it's become important for me to, you know, get out of the house, take a walk uh, every day. But, you know, it's it's uh, we're doing okay. How are you guys holding up? Good. I mean, we are... It's um, my husband and I and my son are spending a lot of time together. Uh, I jokingly say... <laughs> she said through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I've jokingly said, as a mother, I never expected I would have to raise my child. But here we are. <laughs> and then, of course, when it was possible, uh, I bought a bunch of hand sanitizer bottles. And mm-hmm. I gave one to my husband, who then... He was actually going out to buy groceries. And he came home and he said, Oh, yeah, I got to tell you something. That bottle of hand sanitizer, the cap came off of it in my pocket, and it spilled in my pocket. Where I was like, no, 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 we'll never get any of that again. Like, that was... Let me put my hand in your pocket right now. That's what we did. I was smearing it on. I was. I got my son. I was like, "Put your hands in Daddy's pocket." <laughs> I know I should create routines for everybody, but it's also like, how about we just try to eat and uh, <laughs> yeah. not kill each other, obviously, exactly, and, and not argue too much, uh-huh. and do whatever and makes it people happy in the moment. Yeah, it's the. <laughs> this is the thing they don't tell you about uh, getting married and having kids is the amount of work it takes <laughs> to just live in a f- house with your family. <laughs> Is is extensive. It's actually it's a it's a full time it's a full time job. I'm surprised we get away with having other jobs on top of that. Frankly, now that oh. we're doing this full time, I'm like, oh right, this is really hard. <laughs> so hard. Uh, okay, so we. So how are we going to do this show? Good question. How about we just play some games with some of our friends? Why don't we call up our friends, mm-hmm. see how they're doing, and then you see if they want to play a couple games. I bet they would love a distraction. I'm sure they're all sitting around. So let me ask a question. When yeah. we, since these are our friends, are we going to do the whole points thing and the whole mm. have a, a winner and a final round and, sure. and all that stuff? Let's just play some games. We'll, we'll keep track of how they're doing. 
but really we just want to know how they're doing. <laughs> and we had Emily Nussbaum, who is the television critic for The New Yorker, queued up for our live Bellhouse show, which obviously we're no longer doing, but she's available. So we're going to check in with her later and find out what television we should be watching, what's going to make us feel good right now to have on our screens. Uh, yeah, and what you recommend. So let's call up some friends and play some games. Let's just, yeah, let's, let's just, just pretend everything is normal and bring our friends on the show the way we always do. And thankfully, our friends are available. I'm so happy that they could join us. Writer, comedian, actor, you know him from Judge John Hodgman's podcast. It's his and the podcast miniseries, I Podius, John Hodgman. Hello, my normal friends. <laughs> Hello. Ah, it's so fun and normal to talk to you this way. I know, it's just right? It's a normal thing that we always do. It's great to be back to normal. Actually, just- I got to say, for those of us in the podcast world, it's sort of fun <laughs> For me to watch you guys struggle. Welcome to my world. This isn't a bell house. <laughs> now this is this isn't the studio. This is this is podcast life. This is audio in the streets. That's is right. What's this is happening. how this is how I've been living for ten years. You know, Jonathan and I were discussing that not having an audience really doesn't feel any different now. <laughs> 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 also, my pal joining us from across the country. We are all in the same time zone, but she is a couple hours earlier. Stand-up comic. You know her from HBO's Two Dope Queens. You know her from Public Radio's Live From Here. And she has an amazing podcast called The Dork Forest. Jackie Cation. How are things in L.A.? Hello. Yes. You guys are in the streets. I'm in the sheets, you guys, because it's <laughs> early. It's early here. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's uh, I. <laughs> it's great. You're so positive. Uh, we're, we're day eight over here, so uh, I've actually taken up some small exercise. Oh, how's how's that going? Well, it's not good. I mean, I understand why people do it when they don't have anything else to do. What is small? What does small exercise mean, Jack? It means that I've walked up and down my block four times yesterday. Oh, that's count. That counts. I thought that's you were beautiful doing calisthenics with Lego minifigs or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, you're live from your home. Uh, yeah, my from my home office here in Brooklyn. Here in Brooklyn, how are things? Yeah. In how's, what's the climate like in your house apartment? Uh, the climate in my apartment is uh, humid. Yeah, M- moist and thick. <laughs> Beautiful. What the, what's the climate like outside? I have no idea. <laughs> well, so do you guys want to uh, play some games with us? As if this was a normal radio show where we're hanging out with our friends and playing games the way we always yes. do. Yeah, yes. we, have, we have some great ga- games that are just fun. Not to I don't do care if they're great. I don't care <laughs> if they're fun. Just distract me. <laughs> just do just a game. fill up the time. I just want a game. All right, this is a true-false quiz about beer. We call it Brew or False. Oh. I am from South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I was weaned on Pabst and Ho-Ho's. I throw down, John. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Jackie, this is for you. True or false? Drinking straws were originally used by ancient civilizations for the purpose of drinking beer. Sure. True. It is true. Archaeology. Yeah, that's yeah, well done. Archaeologists have found artwork depicting men, men, let's just say that, no women, well. uh, drinking beers through straws, even a golden drinking straw. <laughs> a golden drinking straw, very eco-minded. Yeah, yes. it was uh that was in a 5,000-year-old Sumerian tombs. Mm. They saw those yes. Sumerians uh, cared about the planet. That's right. <laughs> It was the Greeks who ate a lot of Big Macs and styrofoam containers and threw it away. <laughs> All right, John, true or false? Upon winning the Nobel Prize in 1922, Danish physicist Niels Bohr received a free house with a pipeline of unlimited beer. From whom? Well, all right. I mean, I don't think that's part of the official well, you, Nobel you tell me, prize. I don't, normally, it's just some junky metal. Be lucky if you can fashion that into a straw. It's not a standard part of the prize. It's true. Mm, true. It is absolutely true. The house was the house was right next to the Carlsberg Brewery in Copenhagen, and no. they they just set up a pipe right sure. into his house. I hope a golden pipe. Uh, obviously, a golden yeah. pipe. I mean, it's yeah. a Nobel Prize. You're going to give That's him right. a lead pipe. All right, Jackie. True or false? The moon has a crater named Beer. Sure. <laughs> I'd say ast- astronomers, they are a simple people. 
They will name things after things right in front of them. And hmm. beer is sometimes right in front of people. Sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jackie, that is true. Yeah, it's named for the German astronomer Wilhelm Beer, who constructed a detailed map of the lunar surface in the early 1800s. So and it wasn't named after beer. It was named after a guy named Beer? Yeah. Oh, tricky. Yeah, stuff, NPR. Ask me another. Tricky stuff. I know. That's how we get a little side extra learning. You learn yeah. someone's name. That's where public radio gets its reputation for wiliness. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am feeling wily this time yeah. around. Mm. I am feeling wily. All right, John, this is your last question. Hooray. It's five o'clock somewhere. True or false? True. <laughs> well, no, that's not possibly true. Give it some thought. It's no, an I interesting don't question. Wanna, it's a time zone question, which you know I love. Yeah, big fan of time zones. I want to say that that's true, but I'm going to say it's false. Uh, you know, we thought this was a funny question and was just going to be a joke. And then when we researched it, we were like, it's hard to say if it's really true or false because yeah. it, is, it is always the hour of five o'clock somewhere. Technically, it's not five o'clock anywhere right now because it's not on the yeah that's what i'm Um, saying right but also i just this morning we were talking about you could say it's always late enough to drink yeah you could say it's always a good time to have it (laughs) even on the east even in the eastern time zone this morning exactly you know what i really want to revise it to it's always late enough to drink that's the (laughs) do say always five here's the here's the interesting thing in the north pole there's no official time zone oh well so you should jump we should jump on that with the url (laughs) <laughs> you, when you're up there, you just use whatever time zone is convenient for you. So that's a little preview of the chaos we'll all be living in in about two weeks. I know it's very, very similar to Brooklyn during a pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what? It's any time I want it to be. Goodbye. <laughs> you can pick any time zone. So, how do you know if you're late? I'm so sorry to to bring civilization back into this. Well, you're probably chances are you're probably not meeting anybody up there. So just show <laughs> yeah. up whenever you want to show up. You're just you're just all together. Guess what? You guys, it's a tie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There are no winners and losers. No There's winners no, and losers. No, exactly. Coming up, we'll play another game with Jackie Cation and John Hodgman, and then we're going to call up another pair of friend testants. You know their songwriting from Frozen. Kristen and Bobby Lopez are going to join us, and then we're going to talk to Emily Nussbaum, who is the television critic for The New Yorker, because we need to know, what should we be watching right now? Help us, Emily. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy explains how Betterment's technology helps investors better understand and save on taxes. So taxes are a real cost of investing, as are fees. Understanding your after-tax, after-fee returns is really what's important for investors. An example would be when you buy and sell Uh, securities frequently, you can pay a lot of taxes because short-term capital gains, meaning I bought it and I sold it fairly quickly, have higher taxes than long-term capital gains. Our technology in particular will tell you what the tax implication of a particular move you'd like to make is going to be before you make that move so that you're making it with full transparency. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Uh, It's called Degrees of Insanity. We took college majors and then we swapped out the first syllable with a rhyming word. So if we gave you the course description, learn how to be a teacher and make an amazing loaf of pumpernickel, you would answer breadducation. Taking education and swapping out the first syllable, Ed, for bread. Everybody's making bread, by the way. Everybody's making bread. My yeah. son made a loaf, two loaves of bread yesterday, and they were good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here you go. John, this one's for you. All right. In this course, you'll be asked to solve complex equations while sitting in a tub of bubbles and calculate the surface area of your rubber ducky. Bath topology? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Can you make it simpler? No. Equations. Mathematics. Yeah. Jackie, this is for you. You will receive a comprehensive overview of Michelangelo, Monet, and O'Keefe. And you'll be asked to consider both the visual works and the flatulence that they introduced to the world. Fart history. 
Yes. Ah, uh, yes. see that this game was written all around that clue. That's the whole reason we're playing this game is because we wanted to say <laughs> fart. Sure. Uh, you know, O'Keefe had a whole separate collection of all these flowers that look like butts. <laughs> yeah, she did one for every body part. People don't know that. There's a whole bunch of them that are elbows. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the inside of an elbow. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, John, you'll study living organisms and learn about anatomy by dissecting potatoes and throwing them into hot oil. Fryology. Nailed it. Yes. Oh, Solid. Stuck the landing. Well played, sir. I had to write no. down biology while she was talking. <laughs> That's allowed. You could you could write things. I didn't down. Google anything though. The Eastern German judge gave you a nine point eight. <laughs> All right, Jackie. This major covers the ins and outs of accounting, financing, marketing, and keeping one's hair under control while exposed to high levels of humidity. Uh statistician? <laughs> mm, that's pretty good. I like that. That's, I, that's I don't bad. know what this one is. Again, this is a very general major. And then the hair thing is, you know, people, especially with very curly hair, uh, when it gets really humid, this is what happens to it. Frizz. Frizzness. Yeah. Frizz. Yeah. Frizzness yeah. Yeah. is correct. By the way, I think we're all going to probably be cutting our hair in Zoom windows. I'm thinking of just yeah. shaving my head. My head is very round. <laughs> we're all going to have to uh, FaceTime with our barbers and stylists and just get pointers as right. we go. Uh, so guess what? Once again, it is a tie. Yay! That means you both are winners twice. I thought you meant we're going to have to keep playing for days and days until one of us pulls ahead. <laughs> John, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure to see you and talk to you and play some games. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jonathan, do we have another pair of friend testants ready to play a game? I have at least one friend left. So let's, <laughs> okay. let's, do, it. let's do another game. They are friends of the show. You know their songwriting from Frozen, from Coco. We have Kristen and Robert Lopez. Hey. Hello, Hi, friends. guys. How are you? And where, where are you? We're in our basement in Brooklyn, and we're um, also in cyberspace with you. So how are things right now for you guys at home? You have a couple kids, right? How's the distance learning going? Well, they're on spring break right now. Spring uh, break is now more of a thought experiment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to change when we go back to school on Monday and we the girls have virtual school. Yeah, we. Uh, my kids just started the remote learning this week. And it's Me been, too, yeah. It's been interesting. <laughs> my son on Monday morning... Woke up and took a shower, which I don't think he's done ever. But he knew, <laughs> even when he goes to school, he doesn't take a shower. But Try it. I might like, like it. The prospect of being on camera, he was like, oh, man, I got to put myself together today. Yeah, this has been the second day of my kids remote learning. He's four. I mean, what is learning? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the teachers, for whatever reason, with zero irony, are demanding to continue their education block on nocturnal animals. So yesterday they drew pictures of bats. Why? Oh. <laughs> wow. It's a weird time uh, to be drawing pictures of bats. Do they understand the irony of that right now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, really? No one? Nothing? Fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> Tomorrow it's pangolins. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. And then after that, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of mom blogging right now with people locking themselves in closets with a glass of wine. Yep. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that right now. I had to do the opposite. I'd finally had to come out of the closet <laughs> with the wine. <laughs> <laughs> How old are, are your kids? 10, and tomorrow our eldest <gasps> turns 15. That's About the whole, same as mine. A whole other thing. We're we doing a, remote we, birthday parties, right? We have a quarantine and a quarantine. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so, good. Wait a second. What was the original plan for the birthday party? The original plan was to be in Disney World 
We've spent so much time in Disney World between Finding Nemo, which we produced while Katie, our oldest, was an 18-month-old, and we lived in Disney World for three months. So it truly is her happy place. It imprinted us all back then. Yeah. She was sure that everyone had breakfast with Disney princesses. (laughs) On her second birthday, she said, we were like at a my gym or something, and she said, Will there be fireworks? And we went, what? Like, fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> because she had gotten used to every celebration had fireworks. <laughs> the other thing we've been doing is teaching our kids how to sing a cappella. And uh, ah. we posted our first video yesterday. We did uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Helplessly Hoping. That is so charming and industrious. And I'm very jealous at your capability to wrangle your children into something productive and creative like that. Well done. Yeah. It was the most fun we've had, um, I think. we The girls really like it as much as we do, so we're going to... We're the Whiffenpezzes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Not bad. Hey, so do you guys want to play some games? It's a game show. Yes. And, yeah, so we thought yeah. we'd, we'd cook up some games for you. Bobby promised, because Bobby is so good at this kind of thing, he promised he won't just completely trounce me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We have a guessing game. It's called Lost in Translation because some words in foreign languages actually do not have English equivalents. That's always a good idea for a song. Right. Except that we've just learned we have a song called Huga in Frozen Broadway that's sung by Oaken. And it goes over really well in a lot of places. But Germany was like, this means nothing to us. You're saying cozy is cozy. (laughs) 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 so we're we're trying to figure out what to do for the german translation luckily right now we have a break we have a break to figure it out got some time off so we're gonna go back and forth we'll give you a word and three choices for what it means and you just pick the right definition so here's your first question as planned robert Mm -hmm. huga <laughs> okay. This is our first See? question. This is why he wins these games. We tossed that one out. We tossed that one out. Uh, all right, Kristen, this is for you. In Tagalog, gigil refers to what feeling? A, suppressing the urge to laugh. B, the urge to pinch something cute. Or C, when you have three things to plug in, but only two outlets. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with B. Pinch the urge to pinch something to pinch something cute. Something cute. Oh, you amazing. are correct. That is yes. Exactly yes. yes. See, Bobby's three. I love that Filipino. word. That is the, our next song. Yes, Gigu. <laughs> Robert, in French, what is Seigneur Terraz? Is it A, a teacher who wins over a group of students in an inner city school by teaching them that poetry is just like rap. <laughs> I was it's... one of those teachers once. <laughs> yes. And then what happened, Paul Revere? Yes, before Hamilton, I did the second grade version of And Then What Happened, Paul Revere, where we, we're like, it's poetry and rap. You said it. I was that. Sorry. Is, is it B, someone who lingers at a cafe after buying very little? Or is it C, the man mm. who stirs the sauce? It's the man who stirs the sauce. Wait, don't tell me. Be. Okay, all right. It's man, the man who stirs the sauces. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> See what I lack in My me. lifeline just disappointed me there. <laughs> sorry there. It's the person who lingers at a cafe and doesn't buy very much. Right. Yep. Squatters right. Stealing Wi-Fi at the coffee shop. Exactly. <laughs> Kristen. Yes. The Scottish term tartle is for when you, A, hesitate before introducing someone because you forgot their name, B, stuff your bra, C, <laughs> drink too much coffee and ruin the rest of your day. <laughs> I would Tart- just like to say it's, it's, that I relate to all three of these choices. <laughs> I'm going to say A. It feels Hesitate like... before introducing someone because you forgot their name. Yeah, I tartle quite a bit, especially on the West Coast. There's always yeah. that moment of like, I met that person six years ago. Right. Kristen right. always just makes a good guess at the name. Kristen, you are correct. It is Yay! Yay! I tartle all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, Panapo'o is Hawaiian for doing what? A, scratching your head while trying to remember something. B, running in place to warm up before dancing the hula. 
Or C, putting a flower in your hair instead of wearing makeup. Ooh. Ooh. Was scratching your head? Well, trying to remember something, well, yeah. trying to remember something. I don't know. That doesn't sound very Hawaiian to me, so I'm going to say number three. Putting a flower in your hair instead of Putting wearing makeup? Putting a flower in your hair instead of wearing makeup. <laughs> Sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> it is Aww. scratching your head. Oh, okay, wow. okay. I'm totally going to put flowers in my... I'm going to pen a poho your version for the rest <laughs> of this. This actually isn't the first day that I've worn a shirt with buttons. <laughs> In 14 days. Well done. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> so, yes. First day I've worn a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Great game. You stole that one, Kristen. You are winning. Oh, this never happens. Would you guys like to play another game with us? We have yes, another please. one. We would love that. Great. We're going to do some technical magic here with our work from home episode with an audio quiz. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yep. Audio quiz. Yes. That's right. So we're going to play clips of two different songs. Their title shares a common word, and you are going to mash up the titles of the song oh. to create a new song title. Fun. This is, so, this is extra thinking. Yeah, so for yes. example, if I play Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball, followed by The Temptations Ball of Confusion, you're going to say Wrecking Ball, Ball of, Confusion. of Confusion. Got okay. it. Yeah. So, Kristen, this one is for you. Here's Daft Punk and Cyndi Lauper. One more time, I'm gonna celebrate. One more time after time. That is Thank correct. Thank yeah. you for giving me the easy one. That was awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, Bobby, this one's for you. This is John Mellencamp and Lizzo. Lord knows there are things we can do, baby. Just me and you. I got a bottle of tequila I've been saving for you. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you got either one, either one of those? No, I don't know either one of those. I'll tell you what it is. The John Mellencamp song was Hurt So Good. Hurt So Good. And the Lizzo song was Good As Hell. So it's Hurt So Good As Hell. Oh, I like that. Hurt So Good As Hell. Yeah. We, it's I a knew good... that. I knew that. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Here's Meatloaf and Billie Eilish. Well, I want you. I want you. I need you. I need you. But there ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. Now don't be sad. I know the harmonies and I don't know the title. Um, I want you. I need you. Uh, what is it? Two, two, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. Two out of three ain't bad and bad. Bad yeah. guess. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad guy. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> we got there. We got there. Bobby, here's Paramore and Missy Elliott. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't even know how to begin giving you hints for this. Oh, no. I know it's in the, the Phrygian mode. All right, a point, a point for correctly identifying the mode. <laughs> Hang on one moment because my son is knocking on the door. Hello, come in. <laughs> Can we phone oh, your... This, let's just pause for a moment while my son shows me a crossbow that he has made out of Sorry, well, wood and rubber bands and pencils. <laughs> yes. That is awesome. That's... It, it actually is a pretty sweet crossbow. Can you I, show I'm us sure. too? Okay, we're What's do this? A little demonstration okay. Now. Oh. Hold that. Is that a piece of foam cord that you're holding up or styrofoam? Yeah, okay. Don't hit me in the hand. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! That's amazing. There's That's your terrifying crossbow. See, you got your kids are doing acapella. My kids are making weapons. So let's see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's see, see who survives. In, I mean, who's in better shape come June? Uh, wow. It was pretty sweet. Uh, let's see. Where are we in this dumb game? Was the Paramore song "Ain't It Fun"? It was not. Is okay. that a Paramore song? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Sorry. the Missy Elliott song? Do you know 
We totally know that song. Get your freak. Get your freak on. Get your freak on. And the Paramore song was "That's What You Get." So that would be "That's What You Get." Your freak on. Very clever. That's very clever. We're very clever with these. You guys are so smart. You should do a show like this. The Bobby streak has been broken, Kristen. You won. Yeah. You won. Congratulations, honey. It couldn't happen to a better lady. I'll give you a consolation prize later. Oh, rare. Wow. (laughs) It'll be a chicken. It'll be in the form of a Tuscan chicken from the Barefoot Contessa. Yes. Oh, good. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to hear and see you on screen and, uh, you know, just do something different, play some games, take our mind off stuff. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're going to go listen guys. to contemporary music for the, from the last 15 years. Yeah, we're going to study up for the next yeah, pandemic. Catch up for next time, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank Great. you, Great. Thank you so much. Bye, just you hang- guys. Bye. 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 Love later. you. Take care. Coming up, going to be talking to Emily Nussbaum, who is the television critic for The New Yorker, and she wrote a book called I Like to Watch. I can't wait to listen. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments. There are scientists... This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk Concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's available now. It's Emily Nussbaum. Hello. Hello. Hi, Thanks Emily. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for uh, Zooming in from your home. How are you doing? I'm good. It's uh, It's been kind of a weird week. Yeah. As I'm sure it has been for everybody. Emily, I saw on Twitter that you actually had a COVID-19 scare. Are you okay? How are you doing Yes. Um, I, I I mean, I'm fine now. I'm feeling well and I'm home. And I also ended up getting a test and testing negative. But last week I had a fever and a cough. So oh my I, goodness. Th- specifically, the reason I started talking about it online was because I felt like for New Yorkers, this was particularly a conundrum. How do you quarantine within your own home? Uh, and we have a pretty big place comparably, but it's hard to do in a small apartment. So I was curious how other people were doing it. But also I wanted to talk publicly about it because I felt like there was this awkward moment that was a little bit early in the process where people were uncomfortable talking publicly about having symptoms and what was going on. And I wanted to, I wanted to create a conversation, sure. you know, sure. which is what Twitter is for. So but I'm not an expert on this. I am a TV critic who had a fever. So, <laughs> <laughs> But as a writer, you are right. You're in the situation where you can continue to work. And of course, I mean, you know, not that I would want this situation to exist, but right now everybody is 
watching a lot of stuff. So I'm pretty happy that you were able to join us. It is extra timely. It's weird timing for me because I just stopped being the television critic. I'm on a year-long book leave, and oh while I'm watching some TV, it's no longer my job to watch all the TV and then produce a column every two weeks. So I timed that for the pandemic, which I think was very savvy. Um, but uh, but uh, but a lot of people are perfect. A lot of people have been trading advice. I don't know what are you guys. What are you guys watching? We finished the Good Place, which because we were just behind on that, so that was. Oh. Yeah, that was beautiful. Note, on our Zoom channel, I just clutched my chest in love for The Good Place. (laughs) And all of Mike Schur's beautiful, humane sitcoms. It's very funny when, it's such a funny thing when shows suddenly have weirdly relevant elements to them. The Good Place seems particularly designed to mimic this. Jonathan, what were you saying that you were were watching the other day? We've been watching uh, Babylon Berlin over here, which is a (sighs) sort of detective story that takes place during the Weimar Republic uh, era in Germany between the wars. It's subtitled in German, which <laughs> sounds like it would be a real deal, deal breaker, but um, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice little detective mystery, and it's also, uh, you know, style-wise, style, style wise, it's really, it's just very, it's very cool, the clothes and the, the bizarre musical numbers and the various people in drag and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting uh, that does seem like good watching for this the combination of uh of wartime germany and and fabulous drag queen dancing <laughs> seems seems good i've been watching um the new season of high maintenance and combined it and mm. alternated it with watching curb your enthusiasm which i was <laughs> i was joking was a combination of like humanity and inhumanity it is actually weirdly effective as an almost med- i like this idea of medicinally combining shows i used to have this thing where i would watch the americans and then watch the broad city afterwards and i was like this is like a great cocktail <laughs> incredibly moving and bleak show that's devastating and then it's this kind of you know, twisted, funny, joyful comedy. So I, I think that in the th- that's what you should do is sort of that's not just find the right funny. show, but find the right combination of shows. <laughs> I have to ask you because you've actually, you saved me. You've saved me many times with your thoughts on television. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, <laughs> I am television savior. But what in particular, so of course, you know, I do stand up, as you know, and I, uh, I often perform for... Jewish organizations or even at temples for their fundraisers. And of course, every time is that everyone runs up to me either before or after the gig and says to me, oh my goodness, do you just love the marvelous Miss Maisel? I knew exactly where this was going. Um, yeah, And I, I almost want to lie to them now and just say yes, because saying no makes them so upset. <laughs> it, yeah, I have experienced this. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a relatively notorious pan of Mrs. Maisel in the second season. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the main reason I didn't attach to it is because it's about a woman uh, doing stand up in the past, and really just it's uh, she has a real easy time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kills. She's the best stand-up ever. She loves herself and experiences no internalized misogyny. And everybody's delighted with that because when she gets on stage and does routines about loving herself, people cheer and applaud. And she's beautiful, <laughs> and she's the most beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah, and, and it's like, and it's like Joan Rivers, but without self-hate, which, as we know, was Joan Rivers' incredible magic power was her ability yeah. to be a mirror for women and men's hatred of women. Right. Uh, Emily, you're writing a new book. Well, yes, I am. I am trying to. I was up until up until I spiked a FEMA. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I'm working on a book that is about um, early reality television. It's about reality TV up to 2004. A lot of it goes from around 1992 when The Real World came out um, through 2004, where I decided to end with The Apprentice. Um, the book itself is is going to be about the creation of what is hard to not acknowledge whether you like reality or not, 
this incredibly vibrant, important, unbelievably influential genre in American pop culture and worldwide pop culture. There are numerous negative things you can say about reality TV, some of which I would agree with, including that without reality TV, this would not be our president. That's just the case, I think. But when I started writing the book, I was feeling a mild sense of dread, as I think many people do when they go into book projects. And the more I started researching stuff and talking to people, the more excited I got. So I'm hoping that this will be a good distraction. Uh, So, hey, we have a couple games for you. Emily, do you want to play a game about some reality television? Nothing could be better. Bring it on. So we we have pulled a a quote from a reality television show, and Jonathan and I are going to read the quote, and then you're just going to tell us what reality show it's from. Okay. Okay. Let's start easy. The tribe has spoken. (laughs) Survivor. (laughs) Yeah. Season 40. What? We're on season 40? That's wild. How is that even possible? It was such a, that that show was such a crazy phenomenon. I don't know if you remember, but it was the equivalent of what happened with the Kardashians later on, where like every op-ed had to mention Survivor as a sign of how degraded the culture was. And so <laughs> right. there were just a million things and it was always about the bug eating. And then it was such a big hit that like two or three years later, I don't want to exaggerate, but like at a certain point, everybody was like, that's the beautiful old school athletic traveling totally. show. All right. How about, that's hot. That's the simple life. Yeah, Paris I'm, Hilton. I'm better at this than I, I thought there would be like some, I thought I'd have some trouble because I don't remember everything from the period. But that definitely was the beginning of this sort of strange period of having shows about hot but extremely mockable young rich girls. Like there's just yeah. a bunch of them and it led into the Real Housewives later. I mean, I'll pro- I don't have very well-formed thoughts on this, but I think there was a period around the turn of the century that was just... It was just contempt central. It was just a big national upskirting of privileged young girls, you know, some of whom leaned into it. Like, it was just a whole thing going on. All right, how about this one? Okay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Oh, okay, wait a second. I was rooting for you. Oh, is that, um, that's uh, America's Top Model. Yeah, that's yeah. right. America's Next Top Model. See, that is a great phrase, though. That, the, the, I will say the catchphrases from reality shows really Pretty come solid. in handy in real life. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's your last one. One day you're in, and the next you're out. Got it. That, I, I know this, but one day you're in, and the one next One day you're in, and the next you're out. <laughs> okay, this, is this the Oaf Wiederson show? Where, where, is it Project Runway? It is Project Runway. That's okay, because yes. I, I, the, the, the phrases I know from that are Oaf Wiederson and, uh, and Make It Work. So um, I, Yeah, I, that I, was I way back to Heidi. Made, I was like, that's a, like a nice niche the catchphrase there. <laughs> but you did, it, you did a great accent for it, so it was hard I not was, to... I was helping out. I was helping out with the delivery. All right, Emily, you did great. Uh, do you have a little bit more time? I mean, uh, sure, do you have nothing but time? I have nothing <laughs> but time. <laughs> When when has any when has a person who is simultaneously working on a book and quarantined from a massive disease not been the ideal person to be like you want to talk some more like I'm simultaneously fleeing reality and procrastinating. So all right, we have a special treat for you. Jonathan Colton, as you know, is in his home studio. <laughs> Uh, and he's going to serenade you in the form of a music parody quiz about TV shows. Amazing. All right. So what we did is we rewrote TV sitcom theme songs to make them about TV dramas. Great. So you'll get, there's no points. I was going to describe how many points you're going to get, but you just consider now that you already have all the points because we like you. Wonderful. <laughs> play me a song, Jonathan Colton. All right. I'm going to play several songs. Uh, here we go. Here's your first one. We're married to each other, but it's mostly just our cover, and the truth of it is quite a surprise. We're your Cold War enemy, we're loyal to the KGB, our kids don't even know our family's made of lies. It's all right, deep cover Soviet spies. The Americans. The, great the Americans show. is correct. Yeah. Oh, I love that show so much that every if everybody is just sitting there distracting themselves, watch this incredibly bleak show that will depress <laughs> the hell out of you, but also make you think very deep thoughts, not just about politics, but about human intimacy. Do you know uh, the, the theme song? Do you know the sitcom that that theme song was from? It, yeah, no, actually, I don't. Like, what mm, is that? You, it, that was Saved by the Bell. All right, here's your next one. Tell me how 
I traveled back in time Tell me if This kind of bigamy's a crime I hung out with some stones Now I'm nursing this tall red-headed dude Gonna have his Scottish baby Okay, that's Doctor Who, although I initially thought it was Quantum Leap. Um, uh, that, so uh, thank you for the redhead it is touch. Not, so, it is not Doctor Who. It's not Doctor Who? Okay, wait a second. No. Like, maybe it, it's Tra- very traveling hard. Back to, traveling back in time. Traveling back in time. back in time. There's a little bigamy involved. Okay. Uh, oh, the, oh, oh, it's Outlander. Outlander, ah, yes. Outlander, really good option for people wanting to binge and enjoying <laughs> certain kinds of aspects of Outlander, which are delightful. Um, yeah, Outlander's a, a really real, it's a well real done show. There is a lot of there's a lot of time travel shows that. So let me think. Head into the final frontier. Mad about you. Yeah. Mad Wait, about no. you. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's that's a show which just had a truly misbegotten but strangely fascinating reboot. Did you know yes. that? Yes. Oh yeah. I, I have. It, I have uh, not seen it. How is the reboot? I liked Mad About You, the original Mad About You. I mean, it wasn't perfect, yeah. but I thought it was a pretty good sitcom. And I'm curious about this sort of pet cemetery approach to old sitcoms <laughs> where they never quite come back. <laughs> quite the same. So I watched this one and the first few episodes were really terrible, like kind of fascinatingly. So, I mean, I like the performers, but they were really bad in ways I won't get into depth on, but I was a little obsessed with it. And I watched like six or seven episodes nonsensically. I wasn't even going to write about it. I was just curious, but, um, but yeah, the, the, the bringing back old sitcoms, but I, that's a lovely song. All right. Here's another one. I'm obsessed with you, Villanelle, you're my bae. So obsessed with you. You're a psycho, but that's okay. Still obsessed with you. You're obsessed with me, too. (laughs) Friends theme song, Killing Eve. I'm getting a little better at this. Yeah, you nailed it. This is a great Let's, job you guys have. That's cool. <laughs> All right, this is your last one. Okay. Here we go. Everywhere you look, there's a face that could win you a trophy. Every time you vote, make it fierce. Because pray tell is the MC. Don't be lost out there. You don't need to roam. Evangelist is a house that's a home. Work that ballroom look. Should be doo bop ba da. Evangelista, is it? Uh, God, I got really confused partway through that one. Uh, pray, pray tell is the MC. Oh, it's Pose. Of, it's Pose. Yeah. Of course. What was I thinking? Is the House of Evangel? That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's particularly terrible because I was literally on the set of Pose. Like I wrote a profile of Ryan Murphy. I know you wrote a while big they were piece. making on it. While they were making it. It's shocking that I didn't get that. I got, I got a little confused by trophies, and because I've been thinking about reality, I I got way right, right, right. Of but, course, um, you got reality uh, on the brain. Yeah, exactly. How about, this the, is how about the theme? Everywhere you, you look, everywhere you uh-huh. go. I, I, I know so right. many You know it, but you don't know the show, right? That's about where I was with this. Yeah, too. it's familiar. It's Full House or something, right? Like <laughs> Full House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, this is a uh, great game. And, uh, thank you. It's fun. It was very fun. Uh, Emily, you did great. I'm glad you're doing great, and you did great. Thank you so much for playing these games with us and being such a good friend to the show, being our, part of our show. And of course, all of you out there, you want a great book to read. Emily's book, I Like to Watch, Arguing My Way Through the TV Revolution, is available now. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. And that's our show. You know, before I go, obviously, we are not taping in front of a live audience at the Bell House, but we want to know that you're out there. So we set up an Ask Me Another hotline and asked you to call in. And tell us how social distancing has changed your behavior. Like, what's the most out-of-character thing that you've done? And we've got some really fun answers. So, hit the track. Hi, my name is Matthew Ebersole from Gloucester, Virginia. This is Mel Dockery, and I'm in New York City. Madison from Louisville, Kentucky. Alice Slabeck from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Hi, this is Liz calling from Orlando. And the most out-of-character thing that I've done is washing my dish right after I use it. I just swept my front porch, like, with a broom, like my great-grandmother. Cleaning my bathroom in between gulping down very hot liquids and blowing a hairdryer up my sinuses. My husband studies Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and since he can't go to class, I am his new drilling partner. 
I've never done martial arts in my life. I have decided to every day to floss my teeth, like all of them. I recently sent a selfie to my friends. They uh, said that it must be the end of the world because I'm sharing selfies with them. I would say the most out of character thing I've done is wanted to hug all of my coworkers. I am not a hugger or a toucher and I miss them so much. I've planned each and every hug out for when we returned. So I really love the show and I hope this goes away soon. The COVID, not the show. Bye. So until next time, we're still here. We're going to keep working from home to help take your mind off things. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Carol Lee, Ruth Morrison, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, James Farber, Ramel Wood, and our intern Nick Garrison. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. El Ranch Eel. And our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC, and we can't wait to get back to our home at the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. Lots of love to you guys. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Hey, listeners, next time, Ask Me Another continues. That's right. We're going to be coming to you from the sweet comforts of our personal digs. So get ready for our very special work from home episode featuring the same comedy and trivia you love, just cozier. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.